www.thepatriotsocialnetwork.org. Hey, good afternoon and welcome to SWAT Radio. It is Thursday, October 5th, and uh, I am real excited about our guest today. Thursday, as you know, if you listen to SWAT uh, Radio for any length of time, you know Thursdays are our guest days, and we usually try to have people who are influencing uh, the community for Christ or doing something nationally for Christ. And we're very blessed today uh, to have Judy Weber, who is the CEO of the First Coast Women's Services, and she's going to share a little bit about that. Uh, First Coast did it used to be called the Crisis Pregnancy Center a long time ago, or did they change the name? Or is the name's been changed a few times, but no longer do many of them go by Crisis Pregnancy Center because the uh, the clients don't necessarily think they're in a crisis. Yes. Yeah. But, yeah. But, so anyway, I was involved with this back in the mid-90s. Uh, when I would go train people there how to share their faith, all the counselors, and uh, just love being involved. We've done everything from doing the bottles, you know, full of change, baby uh, the baby bottles. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we're, we're glad to have you, and we're real excited during our next segment to have a guy you had come speak at the banquet, Dr. Lyle, from over in Pensacola. And uh, we're just excited to hear i was thinking i've been doing the radio for seven years i have i had you on before yes i i thought i'd mm-hmm. had you on it's for been a while mm-hmm. but i don't think i've ever had a, a pro-life doctor on come no. on and talk like mm-hmm. he's going to share with us exactly. so uh so we're excited to have mm-hmm. you on was it a successful fundraiser for you guys it, it was the best one ever we've been having banquets for over 30 years and people keep saying why are you still doing it well it's a huge friend raiser as well as a fundraiser we had a more than 1,100 people and raised more revenue than ever before, but also it's tremendously helpful in bringing friends into the ministry and educating uh, that many people about the pro-life issue and what's really going on. And I think many of them thought, oh, you're having a doctor. That's going to be really boring, but I can't wait for you to hear Dr. Lyle, Dr. William Lyle. He is like the Energizer Bunny. He's brilliant and he's a wonderful speaker and he has He'll get you very excited and motivated about being uh, in for life in all ways. Well, and what I appreciated just in my little conversation with him was his strategic thinking. Yes. He's not thinking about just now. He's thinking about the future and how mm-hmm. to educate people and, and ways we can better um, advocate for that baby in the womb, mm-hmm. which is awesome. Um, and I'm excited uh, also that you guys have uh, a really good medical team. Dickie Myers, is he still, Dr. Yes. Myers, still yes. involved with you guys? We sure do. We have um, Dr. Richard Myers. Dickie Myers is our medical director. Sure. And then we have three other OBGYNs who read the scans from, we have five operating centers that do ultrasound scans uh, as well as many other services and we're so thrilled that we have many doctors that can read those scans almost immediately and get that report back to the centers and we've got 13 they're either registered nurses scheduled uh, learn to do sonograms or they're rdms which is the highest level of sonography that you can get registered diagnostic medical sonographers so when people 
sometimes they accuse, especially the pro-abortion group, uh, PRCs being um, fake medical clinics. We are anything but a fake medical clinic um, because we have such a wonderful and qualified medical staff. Well, and how long have you been involved, Judy? Um, I've been the CEO for 17 years, but the ministry did start, saw the first um, first clients in 1994. So okay. we're coming up on, next year will be 30 years of seeing clients. Yeah, I was there doing the training in the late 90s. Mm-hmm. So, uh, mm-hmm. so right at the beginning. So how long have y'all had the sonograms? Oh, gosh. Um, as long as you've been there? Oh, yes. Long before I came, we started with uh, one center in Mandarin and one at the beach and then out to Baker County, all down to Clay County. Now we're up on the north side near the airport to catch those clients coming down. And um, we're hoping to s- start a new center soon in another location that we haven't completely gotten worked out. But um, so we will have six centers and a call center. Uh, and not that many pregnancy resource centers have a call center, but let me give you a little bit of background about why this is so vital and we, why we uh, needed to do it. With the advent of the abortion pill, which I think Dr. Lyle will speak to probably more um, medically than I can, but because it's available through the mail without seeing a doctor, without doing an ultrasound, um, sent from other countries, um, it's it's a, just the worst possible thing that could happen. And it is um, more than half of the abortions now are being done by the abortion pill and of course no records are being kept of that if it's ordered through the mail but once that started happening women were even in a greater hurry uh, because it's recommended to take it before 10 weeks Um, they were in a hurry to quickly get an abortion and we have three abortion clinics in jacksonville one closed about a year ago for which we were very grateful but we still have three and it's now a waiting list of several weeks to get into any of those abortion clinics um, so they're trying to get the pills online. They're doing all that. And we realized we need to get them to come into our centers because although we don't, of course, do abortions or refer for abortions, there's so many things we can do to help the client. And one of them is the fact um, that they need to uh, see an ultrasound to be sure that the pregnancy is where it needs to be, um, that it is in the uterus, that it's not an ectopic pregnancy. They need to be sure all that looks fine. And also to get a lab-grade pregnancy test, not just one from the dollar store. So we were having trouble getting them in, and we realized the most trustworthy person to a, someone in a panic mode, which is what these clients are, is to talk to a medical professional. Mm-hmm. So we opened a call center, built a building, little building for it. So all of our calls go into the call center, and they have an opportunity to have a telehealth visit with a registered nurse who can answer their questions and really do almost a, like the first actual visit with them. And once they started doing that, the numbers doubled of the clients who would actually show up at our five centers to have their ultrasound and their uh, free pregnancy test. All our services are free, but it was uh, trouble getting them to show up. And that was true nationwide. And once we started the call center, they show up twice as often now. And if they show up to our center, then it is still about 80% of the time that even the abortion-determined woman will change her mind and choose life. Well, and it's interesting that you just said, I think I think I heard you say uh, 10 weeks. That's 70 days. <laughs> yes. Isn't yes. there a heartbeat by that time, right? Oh, yeah, long before yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Around, around six weeks, maybe a little bit before, a little bit after, there will be a heartbeat. And, um, yeah, it's a, it's a very, very dangerous thing. And... It's causing women to end up in the emergency. 
Hey, we are back on the air. Sorry, sorry about that. We had a little bit of a technical difficulty. Uh, so uh, we're back. And uh, hey, Jeremy, is uh, Dr. Lyle on the phone? Okay, let's let's go ahead and put him through. Uh, Dr. Lyle, can you hear me? Sure can. Hey, sorry about that. We had a little bit of a technical glitch there. Uh, but no thank, worries th- at all. Thank you for joining us, uh, Dr. Lyle from uh, Pensacola, who spoke at the uh, banquet the other night, and I got Judy Weber in here with me as well. <laughs> and, oh, great! And and we are excited to have you on. And your website, just so our listeners can know, it's it's Prolife Doc. That's correct. Isn't that correct? Correct. Prolife dot org. Correct. Org. Yes. Well, thank you for joining us. And, you know, I know your time is limited, so I want to jump right in and ask you sure. some, some of the things we were talking about. Talk a little bit, because Judy and I were just talking about the abortion pill and why it's so damaging. I, I, you know, 70 days out, they can take this pill. Uh, can you give us, uh, as people who don't know anything about it, pretend we're a lot of people out there don't know anything about the pill other than they think it's the next day pill. Give us an update on what it is, why it's so dangerous, uh, and, and why it's so bad for these babies. Sure. We recording? You ready to go? Yes. Oh, we're on that. We're live. Oh. We're right now. We're live. Yes, sir. Well, fantastic. Sure. 34% of the abortions used to be performed with the abortion pill. That's now up to 54% of all abortions are performed with the abortion pill nationwide. When it comes to the abortion pill, there's a big difference between the morning after pill, which is the morning after a woman has had menstrual, uh, had uh, uh, intercourse versus the abortion pill, which is 70 mornings after. It is 10 weeks. Uh, it is 70 days. It will kill a baby with a heartbeat, fingers and toes, 98% of the time. There's something that is even newer that is in the news as far as like a Ms. Magazine and other primarily women's targeted magazines called the period pill, where they say it is not an abortion. It's just for when you've had a late period. It is the exact same medicine as the abortion pill. The only difference is they suggest you not doing a pregnancy test prior to taking it. That would be like saying, well, I'm not pregnant, so it wasn't really an abortion because I didn't do a pregnancy test. That's like saying, well, I know I am absolutely not diabetic because I do not check my sugars. So as long as I don't check my sugars, I can't be a diabetic. And what's happening is you are having women who didn't really know if they were pregnant or not, didn't know how far along they are. But the other danger with the quote-unquote period pill, which is the exact thing as the abortion pill, is that this not only will kill the baby 98% of the time, but it's bad medicine for the moms. Number one, you don't know how far along you are, so you might have a pregnancy much further along, which will lead towards complications because you did not pass all the tissue. And the big risk to the moms is when you don't know if there is a pregnancy inside of the uterus or not, 1% of the time it could be an ectopic or tubal pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Of all pregnancies nationwide, 1% will be ectopic or tubal pregnancy. It's not in the uterus. And that is a threat to the mom's health and to life. So 1% of the time, if a mom takes the abortion pill, she is told by the clinic, 
you can expect to have bleeding, cramping, and pain. Well, what are the symptoms of a rupturing ectopic pregnancy? They're the exact same, bleeding, cramping, and pain. So we are already having women harmed, and we're already having you know, women who are being taken to the emergency room and to the OR for a ruptured ectopic pregnancy. In a lot of states, the abortion pill is even available mail order, so number one, we don't really know how far along these moms are because we don't get an ultrasound. We don't know if the pregnancy is on the inside of the uterus. And another thing is we don't know what their blood type is. It's always been the standard of care that if a mom had blood type that was RH negative, you know, A negative, B negative, O negative, it was, if it was negative and she was pregnant, she needed to have an injection of something called Rogam to keep her safe with future pregnancies by not developing antibodies. Hmm. That was the standard of care. All of a sudden, the standard of care has been changed to just get the goal of getting more abortions. Now, if you happen to know what the blood type is, you can give Rogam, but it's no longer the standard of care. So we are compromising women's health by just looking at the end goal and the desire of just getting the abortion. But these are babies created in the image of God at the you know moment of conception, and we treat these babies as patients. Throughout the country, we are now treating them surgically. We are doing blood transfusions at my hospital directly to the babies as early as 18 weeks gestation to save their lives. Centers around the country are doing open heart surgery, spina bifida corrective surgery, laser vascular surgery, and even at Children's Hospital in Boston just last month, they performed vascular brain surgery on a baby in the womb for a condition called a Galen malformation to save the life. A patient, one of the first things they teach us in medical school is a Latin phrase called primum non nocere. Well, first, do no harm. And the second thing we're taught is that patients have rights. It doesn't matter if they were born in the United States or not. Patients have rights. These are patients that were not born in the United States yet. Yet we diagnose them as patients, we treat them as patients, and we are saving their lives. So it is a battle of patients' rights, but this is also probably the greatest spiritual battle that we have experienced in the last 100 years, which is why, yes, it's great having elected officials to involve lawyers and to involve new laws to to protect the uh, pre-born. It's great having obstetricians and scientists uh, who can defend the pre-born with health care and with medicine and with science. But with this being a spiritual battle, it really should be led by our churches and by our pastors. And so that we are actively trying to educate our pastors on techniques where they can they, they can use from their pulpit to say, look, number one, abortion is wrong. We've all made choices and made mistakes. And thank God, Paul said, forget about all those things which are behind and press on towards what's ahead. When people say, well, nobody regrets their abortion. Millions of people regret their abortions. We've had over 63 million abortions here in the United States, and many, many, many of them are hurting because they do have these regrets. Well, they're hurting, so they need healing. Healing comes from forgiveness, and true forgiveness only comes through the blood of Christ. So it's an honor to be able to use my medical skills to educate people on how we treat the preborn as patients and that patients have rights, 
but this is a spiritual battle, and we are created in the image of God, and abortion is an attack against that image of God. It's just like if somebody burns the American flag. Well, what does that do? Why are they doing that? Because the flag represents the image of the United States. And if you hate the United States, you want to destroy the image of the United States. Well, that's what the baby is. The baby represents the image of God from that moment of conception. But it's an honor to defend them and to share the gospel because that's how we are truly going to have true victory. Well, it is. You're exactly right. And I want to let our listeners know, whether you're in Virginia, Mississippi, Florida, Georgia, out west, through the Internet, even if you're over, I know we have European listeners and people listening in India, you can go to www.prolife.doc.org and and read about Dr. Lyle. And I'll tell you, one of the things I've appreciated just about going to your website is that, that your focus is on educating people how they can better articulate things. I think that's a problem we have in our culture now. Things are so ideologically, uh, you know, uh, stonewalled because you mention abortion, uh, people immediately throw up walls one side or the other. But if you start talking about patients and that you deal with in the womb, like I, I, I love that you said that. And you started sharing with me when we were talking the other night about these surgeries inside the womb and how they're patients. They're, they're pre-born patients, but they are patients nonetheless. And, um, you know, y'all are doing some amazing surgery. Didn't you tell me about doing like a heart tumor removal? In, um, that like- was done at the Cleveland Clinic. Cleveland yeah. Clinic had a patient that at 27 weeks gestation, was diagnosed with a tumor in the heart called a teratoma. And this tumor in the heart was growing so fast that it was going to kill the baby. And they gave the parents two options. They say, option number one, we can deliver your baby at 27 weeks gestation, which is 13 weeks early, and do open heart surgery and see how our baby, that baby does in the nursery. They said, But we have a second option. We really think we have the skills and technology where we can do this open heart surgery on the baby while the baby is still in the womb and then allow the baby to continue to heal and grow within the pregnancy and within the mother and then deliver the baby. So they they agreed to that. They gave the mom an epidural. So just like somebody who is in labor or having a C-section, mom was comfortable. She was wide awake with an epidural. Mm -hmm. Then they had the OB make an incision in the mom's belly, make an incision in the uterus, in the womb, and then they brought out the baby's right hand and they brought out the baby's left hand. Then they cued the pediatric anesthesiologist who actually started an IV in the hand of the baby. And the baby wasn't just getting fluids. The baby was getting tiny doses of fentanyl for pain, tiny doses of a medicine called norcuron, a paralytic, so the baby wouldn't move around. Once the baby was anesthetized and was comfortable, then the pediatric cardiothoracic team came in, made an incision in the baby's chest, opened the baby's chest to expose the heart, removed the tumor, then closed everything back up. Almost immediately, the baby's heart started to beat perfectly normally. They then took the IV out. They tucked the arms back into the uterus. They closed the uterus. They closed the skin. And 10 weeks later, they delivered that baby named Ryland. And Ryland is doing beautifully right now. 
So there's no denying that this was a patient. And more than half of the states now have patients' bills of rights. New York State, as liberal as they are, have 22 different rights that are ascribed to all patients. Mm -hmm. Well, clearly, this was a patient. If I'm doing a hysterectomy on a woman, yes, mom gets anesthesia. Does the uterus get a, its own anesthesiologist? No. Why? Because the uterus is part of the mom, and if the mom is, has anesthesia, that's good enough. Mm. But the baby is a completely different person. That's why this baby needed its own anesthesiologist during this procedure. So truly, a patient is a person, no matter how small. We've always known this, but the techniques that we are now employing to treat and cure these babies in the womb say, absolutely, that is is a patient, and as a patient, they have rights. And just to paraphrase Dr. Seuss, a patient is a person, no matter how small. Wow. And, and you know, on your on your website, you talk about that before they do the surgery, they have to get informed consent, telling the mom about the risk and benefits, and the and and you look at alternatives and everything, and you make the comment, which I'd never thought of. There are no benefits to the mom other than the baby, right? Correct. Before we do any surgery on somebody, informed consent is extremely important, where we have to explain, yes, there are risks, there are benefits, there are indications, and there are alternatives. If you don't have indications, you don't do a surgery, but you have to let them know that there are risks. But there also has to be benefits. You don't just cut somebody open unless there's a reason. Um, that would be doing harm just to give people chemotherapy or radiation or cut them with a scalpel, that can be harm unless there's a benefit. Mm -hmm. Well, when it comes to fetal surgery, which is becoming a lot more common, are there risks to the moms? Yes, there's risk of bleeding, there's risk of infection. What are the benefits to the mom? There are absolutely no benefits at all to the mm -hmm. mom. Yeah. So we don't do surgery unless there is a patient that is benefiting. Well, which patient is benefiting? Mm -hmm. The only thing that's benefiting is the baby on the inside of the womb. Mm -hmm. So because of the benefit to the baby is why we perform the surgery on the mom. So yes, the mom is a patient, but the baby is a patient as well. In fact, CNN had a, uh, a show featuring Dr. Sanjay Gupta on this baby that had a Galen malformation in its brain, and they actually repaired this brain blood vessel malformation to save the baby's life. And Dr. Sanjay Gupta on CNN said, when it comes to fetal surgery, we take two patients to the operating room. That's exactly what we've been saying. <laughs> we take two patients with a heartbeat, a patient with the mom and a patient the baby both go into the operating room and then both come out both alive and with heartbeats. What is abortion? You have two heartbeats that go into the room, the mom and the baby, and then you only have one patient with a heartbeat that comes out of that room, and that is the mom. If you are losing the life and the heartbeat of half of your patients, that is not good health care. That is not good medicine. So when Bernie Sanders and others say that abortion is health care, it's not health care. You're losing the heartbeat and the life of half of your patients. That is not health care. Hey. Hey, Dr. Lyle, baby and a mom. We, yes, we, we have to break for the news, but I'm going to give them your website when we come back again. And I know you got to run. I want you back for a I whole do. hour. Okay. We'll do it. All right. Well, hey, thank you for joining you. us. God today. bless you. All right. Oh, you're welcome.
You know, it's true. Difficult times have a way of focusing us. We have to think about what matters most when it comes to our spending, our health care. This is why so many people are joining MediShare right now. MediShare is a trusted way to save up to 50% on your monthly health care costs. More than 400,000 people have already made the switch. It's pretty obvious why, too, especially now during this challenging season with health care costs and out-of-pocket expenses going up. MediShare can save you a lot of money. The typical family saves $500 a month. MediShare works, too. It's been around for 30 years. Members have shared more than $5 billion of each other's bills. There are different options to choose from to fit your budget. I'll give you the number here in a second. And if you call, you can get a price within two minutes. Maybe now is the perfect time to make the switch and start saving. Here you go. Call 844-55-BIBLE. That's 844-55-BIBLE. 844-55-BIBLE. There's major delays because of a crash in St. John's County on I-95 southbound near State Road 16 blocking the left lane. Also be aware there's another accident a few miles south of that crash on 95 southbound. And there's a broken down vehicle on the West Beltway 295 northbound at the ramp to Blanding Boulevard. Partly cloudy tonight, low 72. Friday, partly sunny, high 85. From the Traffic and Weather Center, I'm AJ. There is good news for the captive. Good news for the shame. There is good news for the world who walked away. There is good news for the doubter. The one religion failed. For the good Lord has come to seek and save. Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio's Doug McCary of His Light Ministries with my guest Judy Weber uh, from... Um, you know, the First Coast Women's Services, I want to let you know about their website, and it's friendsoffirstcoast.org. That's friendsoffirstcoast.org. If you go there, you can find out more. In fact, Judy, uh, am I right in saying this, that if there's a woman out there or you know of a woman who is in a crisis pregnancy, in other words, they're pregnant, it was unexpected, and, and they're trying to figure out what to do, they can uh, go to the website and uh, make an appointment, or do, how does that work? Well, Doug, we actually have two websites. The one you mentioned is the one for the friends of the ministry okay. and donors and churches, but the website for someone who may be having an unplanned pregnancy, that website is very simple. It's just F cws.org it's the letters of first coast okay. women's services so okay fcws.org org. in mm-hmm. fact if you go to that fcws.org the page that pops up says am i really pregnant what are my options make an appointment yes easy 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 mm-hmm. right there mm-hmm. to do so sorry mm-hmm. about that i was, no, I, was on your, good. I was on your friends of <laughs> yes uh, and we and we want people to, to of course to go to both but if it's someone who is facing an unplanned pregnancy and uh, just a concern about their pregnancy. If they go there, they will they will end up getting into our call center, which is I was starting to talk about that. I think uh, at the yes, beginning. Sure. And the benefit to the call center is there will be a very professional scheduler who will speak with them, find out where they are from, what's going on, and then offer them the opportunity to talk to a registered nurse. 
They can either do a telehealth visit or they can just simply have a phone call with a registered nurse. It gives them a chance to ask all those questions that are going around in their minds. And then if they um, if she is able, she will immediately try to schedule them into one of our centers. And we have five centers spread out all over the First Coast area, all the way up by the airport, down to Clay County, out to Baker County, to the beach. Our centers are very well located so that we can get them in that day or the next day for a lab-grade pregnancy test and an ultrasound. And all of our services are free. All of our services are done by very professional people, all our um, sonographers, the nurses that work there. And then we have a lot of wonderful, um, loving and uh, and eager to, to speak with them and just listen to them, um, volunteers who serve. And an exciting part of it is we now have over, we have over 300 volunteers, but we need more. But we have over 50 men in our centers because when the uh, client, the female who has this unexpected pregnancy, um, there's always a guy involved. And if he's willing, she brings him in with her, especially to see the ultrasound. But now there is a male mentor there, a man who's willing to listen to what he has to say, because one of the biggest lies that um, men believe today, and they're told this all the time, is that in this decision, you don't have a voice. You just come and you just tell her, I'll do whatever you want to do. And when a man says that to a woman, what it says to her is, I don't have any support to choose life. I have no one supporting me. Um, 80% of women who have previously had abortions said they would have chosen life if just one person would have stood with them. Mm. And that most influential person is the father of the baby. We call him the FOB. Um, not derogatory. We really, those yeah. those men can make a huge impact on her choosing life. So we have a man cave in every one of our oh my five centers. Some of them have deer antlers on the wall and um, things like that. They're very, they're different than our other counseling rooms. And he goes and sits there with a man who's going to listen to him and then empower him to speak up and that he does have a say in this decision. His his opinion is the very most important. And uh, and if the client uh, chooses life, the two of them can come back. We have an earn while you learn program. Everything is free and they can earn everything they need for a new baby, including a crib and mattress and all kinds of supplies, baby supplies, baby clothes, maternity clothes. And the man can also earn, they earn uh, points by coming back and going through. Uh, there's a myriad of choices of, of things they can go through together with their mentor uh, and he can earn, help her earn those things, or he can earn gas cards or Lowe's gift certificates. So we um, we know that a lot of men are afraid of fatherhood. Uh, nobody's really taught them what's it like to be a father. How do I swaddle? How do I change diapers? You know, how do I suck the mucus out of her nose? And yeah. so we have um, Dr. Dad, a course they can go through with their male mentor to learn all of these things, but mainly just to learn how important it is for this baby to have a, a father in the picture. And so we're really excited. Any of you men listening out there, consider coming and being a male mentor in one of our centers. And if you go to the friendsoffirstcoast.org website and go to Get Involved, you can learn more about that. And you and, and let me encourage you to do that because the, well, they, they need women mentors. They need men mentors. Yes. Yes. And um, they, like she said, they had 300 last year. One of the things I was struck by with the things you provide you're basically uh, you're in a faith-based partnership with the community yes absolutely because you Mm -hmm. are providing real services Mm -hmm. that's what faith-based partnerships do right so you're providing last year 
you provided over a quarter of a million dollars worth of ultrasounds. I yes. mean, just that, think about yeah. that. I mean, yeah. the, the savings to the healthcare system, mm-hmm. the insurance, I mean, all those things, mm-hmm. uh, almost um, over three quarters of a million dollars in the paid people it would have taken to do the things y'all do. That's right. We calculated really that it was about 1.5 million, all of the services, if they were not provided free by us, that would have had to be provided by um, p- the clients paying or the um, social services, you know, the government, someone that way. So we and we we work with um, we have many, many wonderful community referrals that do help also. And we have over 100 very involved churches that not only um, help us in raising revenue, but they do baby showers for us. They come and and clean and paint our centers. They promote us. Um, they help with getting women into the abortion healing ministries. They're, the church, we could not live without the church partnerships. And, and we are completely supported by the Christians of this community. We don't want or apply for any government funding because this way, when the Holy Spirit tells us it's time to share the gospel, we always ask permission. May I tell you about someone who really knows right where you are now mm. and, and cares about where you are? Can I tell you a little bit about him uh, or whatever way they choose to approach sharing the gospel? Um, If they get permission, they will share. We always ask if we can pray for every client and even those who may say, oh, no, I I don't want to hear. I don't want to bring God into this. But when the end of it comes, the end of the appointment with the mentor, they've usually developed enough of a relationship that that client realizes this person isn't here to judge me. They don't have an agenda. They're just here to educate me and care about me. And if the... uh, if the advocate says, would you like me to pray with you? Usually they'll say, yeah, you can play, pray for me. Or in the sonogram room, the sonographer will say, may I pray for this baby? Yes, you can pray for the baby. Well, um, it, well, if you're out there listening, uh, go to the friendsoffirstcoast.org. And, you know, you've got some great ideas that you guys throw out for people to get involved. One, help them throw a baby shower. Mm-hmm. Your small group can just say, hey, we're going to throw a baby shower uh, to help with maternity clothes and baby clothes and things that a, a person needs because th- you guys get people that come in there that need these things, right? Yes. Uh, our, we have all different kinds of clients from different socioeconomic groups and different, but the majority of them do have financial needs. In fact, that's one of the main reasons why they're thinking they cannot have this baby because they just can't afford what they know it's going to cost. Um to do that. So it's really great to be able to offer them wonderful new things and also all the education about so many things that, that they may, may not know. And you, it comes to the men, most of the men for either their own fault or for some reason they don't have a male uh, influence in their life. Either they've estranged themselves from their dad or they don't know their dad. And so for them to have a male mentor who's going to stick with them, we've had our male mentors end up you know, going to the weddings for some of the couples that end up getting married or, you know, being there right after the birth, as well as the females. And one other thing I want to get to before we go to our, our last break is that I'm, I've, and this has been ongoing with you guys for a while, is you, well, as long as I've known about you guys, you don't just give them an ultrasound and say you shouldn't do it. No. You walk with them mm-hmm. through the process, even through the baby's first year of life, right? Right, right. Yeah. And we can't tell them not to do this. I mean, this can never be a decision you can make for someone else. So what we do is we educate them on all three of their options, abortion, making an adoption plan or parenting. 
and let them see the pros and cons of all three. Um, and, you know, of course, lots and lots of prayer behind it because we want them to choose life. And But we cannot make someone choose life. And so all we can do is do a lot of educating, do a lot of loving, let the love of Jesus Christ show through us to these clients uh, and let them not feel pressure from us, but just that love and yeah, and, and education but, and, and the follow up. Oh, right. That, oh, that yes. Follow up Tremendous with that, follow up with that with the mm-hmm. with the mom during because mm-hmm. in the first year, probably for especially for these crisis pregnancy, one yes. of the hardest. Very, times. very true. And they can stay with us at, at least through the first year. They can continue coming in and meeting with their mentor and watching more. You know, how do you deal with colic? Well, what do you do about the, you know, the eating habits? All the all those things that (laughs) that that a lot of people have support for people that Mm -hmm. are in crisis. A lot of times they They don't. don't. That's right. So, well, when we come back uh, after this break, I want you to tell us about some legislation that is really uh, dangerous. Yes. Uh, And 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 we need to know about it. Uh, I didn't know about it, but I'm glad I do now. And I want our listeners to hear. Uh, And it's not even just for the listeners in Florida. This kind of legislation may be on your legislature's docket, too. So you Mm -hmm. need to always be aware. Read the fine print on these kind of things. And I want to talk with Judy about that when we come back, okay? Uh, We'll be right back with more of SWAT Radio. You're listening to uh, an interview with Judy Weber of First Coast Women's Services. And if you are in a crisis or you know somebody, you can go to fcws.org. And fcws.org will be right back with our last segment with more of SWAT Radio. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.acedoor.com. The Florida Georgia Truth Network in Folkestone at 91.3. There I was on death row, guilty in the first degree. Son of God hanging on Hell was my destiny. Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. Doug McCary of His Light Ministries, and I have Judy Weber. I'm sorry. Sorry to just jam that in there right at the end. I want to give you that again. If you know someone who has a crisis pregnancy right now, they're pregnant, they don't know what to do, maybe they're considering abortion, Maybe they just don't know what to do and and they don't know who to talk to. FCWS.org for First Coast Women's Services is just their first initials, 
fcws.org. They can go there, click on uh, several options. One or what are my options? One is am I really pregnant? One is make an appointment. But that's a great place. And like uh, Judy said, they have great licensed medical professionals there. All their services are free, so fcws.org. And if you're out there and you want to participate with them, you want to volunteer, you want to give, you want to find out more, go to friendsoffirstcoast.org, friendsoffirstcoast.org. Judy, you and I were talking before the program about this legislation uh, coming up, the amendment to limit government interference with abortion. On the surface, to listen to that, you go, okay, I don't want the government involved with that, and it sounds like a good Mm -hmm. thing. It's a little deceiving, isn't it? It's very deceiving. Um, You know, after Roe versus Wade was overturned, we were so excited because now it's back in the, the lap of the states to decide. And we are amazingly blessed that we have a pro-life legislature, pro-life governor, pro-life Supreme Court. And you know, you may know that we had the 15-week abortion ban, no abortions after 15 weeks, which isn't really all that helpful because um, only 2% of abortions happen after 15 weeks. But then our governor signed into law the six-week abortion ban. That's about the time that the heartbeat starts. A little bit before, depends on the baby, a little bit after. And we were thrilled. The problem is it hasn't been enacted And so we are still at the 15-week limit. And what has happened is there is, within the Florida Supreme Court now, a challenge to the 15-week ban. Mm. It's now being heard by the Florida State Supreme Court. And uh, we anticipate, because they are pro-life, that they will um, disregard this challenge. And when that happens, probably in the spring is what we're being told, then 30 days later, they can enact the six-week ban. So then we will be very much like the state of Florida, um, I mean the state of Texas, who has a heartbeat bill, and they've had it now for over a year. So the comparison when you have the heartbeat bill is that last year in the state of Florida, they only had 78 abortions registered, 78 for the year for the state, while Florida had 89,000 abortions in our state. So we're excited thinking, wow, that could be us. Well, What's happened is Florida has become an abortion destination. With the 15-week ban, we've got people coming because 15 weeks is still um, more freedom for abortion than they have in many other places surrounding us. All the southeastern states have more stricter laws than 15 weeks. Last year, 36% of our clients came from out of state. They Mm. were flying in from Virginia and, of course, um, you know, Georgia and everywhere else. But anyway, um, so we... We have become an abortion destination, and the national uh, pro-abortion groups like Planned Parenthood want to keep Florida an abortion destination. So they have come up with this constitutional amendment that is an amendment to limit government interference with abortion. Well, most of us, like just like you said, don't want government interference, but what it really means is is and I, is here's what will happen if it passes and i can't tell you how to vote i need to be c- clear to mention that as a 501c3 none ministry, of us can well yeah, really none of us none can of us tell. can but um all i can do is educate you so here i'm educating you about this bill but we but we can't <laughs> yeah. but, but you and i are both strong believers yes. we both believe in the sanctity of life we do absolutely and and, and i just want to let our listeners know that the reason that six uh week bill has not gone into effect even though it's signed is because there is right now a challenge 
this before the Florida Supreme Court on the 15-week that is correct ban exactly. And so until mm-hmm. that is resolved, mm-hmm. there. But as soon as that's resolved, so we need to pray that they will rule on that as and, soon as possible. Yes. And then it's uh, my understanding is it'll be take 30 days after that before the six-week ban can be enacted. And and mm-hmm. and, and I, I do want to make this comment as a father of six daughters. Um, and and growing up right now in our culture, the millenniums, uh, the all the ones, the millennials. I mean, not millenniums, the millennials, and and younger, um, th- they have a very different view on life than you and I grew up with, Judy. Yes. I mean, they do. Yes. And um, one of the driving values for that generation is control. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've been more in control of their life than we ever were. I mean, you remember growing up, you, you at three, four years old, you never got to choose anything. Your parents directed you, right? <laughs> there was an authority. There's been such a rebellion against authority and, and such this desire for freedom is what they call it. And now you got guys who are saying, well, women should be in control of their bodies and I want to support my daughter or I want to support my daughter-in-law or I want to support <laughs> women. And it's being cast out for people is if you care about women, you'll vote for this. You'll you'll yes. sign the ballot and yes. you'll vote for this. Yes. And that could not be further from the truth mm-hmm. because I can tell you from personal experience and knowledge and talking to many, many women who have had abortions, that there's nothing freeing about it. They are devastated at some point in their Mm -hmm. life. They come to the realization that they took a life. You and I were talking about Mm -hmm. it on the front end. It's like anything from Satan. Nobody is thinking about the long-term consequences, Mm -hmm. but you've seen it just at your center, Mm -hmm. the damage it does to women, to daughters, to Mm -hmm. people who go through it there's nothing freeing about it is no there might be an immediate temporary relief but um the average is at least five years they will suddenly realize and have great regrets and be acting out in ways that they don't understand why why am i depressed why am i having trouble i uh, relating to my children and the same is true with men they have the same consequences Hmm. Uh, let me get back to the abortion pill uh, abortion bill a little bit the um so the um pro-abortion lobby has poured from four and a half to five million dollars is my understanding into the state of florida to get petitions to get this amendment on the constant on on the ballot in november 2024 Mm -hmm. you know the big presidential election is most people will turn out to vote and amendments are always confusing and this one is very every bit is confusing they are doing a good job of getting these petitions signed uh, they have to get 891,000 petitions signed to get it on the ballot, and they are like halfway there, and they um, they are everywhere. You'll see them at, in grocery stores. You'll see them at Trader Joe's, at gas stations, at, at uh, markets, and they'll have clipboards, and they're being paid, some of them up to $50 an hour to get the signatures, mm-hmm. and they will say, don't you want to sign this to protect women's rights or mm. don't you want to sign this to limit government interference? And if someone is not paying attention and not reading it, they're going to sign it. But what the bill actually says is that there will be no government interference up to 24 weeks gestation. Now, 24 weeks is about the time a baby really can live outside the womb. Mm-hmm. But it goes on to say, or 
it, or farther if it is approved by a health care professional. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say doctor. It could be the chiropractor. It could <laughs> yeah. be, seriously, it could be any health care professional. It could be your dentist, for that matter. But uh, And if that is the case, it's up to the point of birth that that abortion could be considered legal. Yes. Um, so, and so it's very, very dangerous and we need to start talking to people about it number one so they won't sign the petition to get it on the ballot but if it gets on the ballot it requires a 60 percent of the voters to vote in favor of it and once again the amendment's going to be confusing and i guarantee you the pro-abortion lobby will be pouring millions of dollars into advertising to vote for it why people should vote for it well and they're not going to target their base they're going to target people like you and me yes Uh, Because they want it to be confusing. They want us to not understand how. And and listen, you're right. How many times have Lori and I talk a lot about, you know, she'll ask me, what was that ballot? I mean, that that amendment. What was that about? Which way should I vote on it? Because it is confusing (laughs) Confusing. a lot of times. And so here's what you need to know. Just a quick recap. This bill, or I'm sorry, this amendment is called the Amendment to Limit government interference with abortion it has a number it's called 2307 23-07 and it may change i don't know if that'll change it could Mm -hmm. change but it's the limit government interference it's just a way that they they couch that and it can be confusing so we want to encourage you to to understand voting for this amendment is voting to restrict or not restrict abortion but to free up abortion up until 24 mm-hmm. weeks right? if it passes it will undo all of the legislation that's been fought for yeah, for that's... so very long and there is a, a line in the actual reading of the amendment that talks about that it it's going to keep in there government i mean i'm sorry parental uh to that parental notification it doesn't say parental permission it just says it's going to require parental notification. Mm-hmm. And um, that's going to also uh, going to a lot of snow a lot of people into thinking, well, see, they're trying to keep the parents still involved. But that's all it is. It's just parental notification, not parental permission. So, um, again, it's um, it's very, very dangerous. And there's going to be a lot of publicity, a lot of money poured into the state of Florida to try to keep us an abortion destination. Right now, the abortion clinics... Um, will advertise come to florida have a vacation get your abortion uh and and it you know that's it's that's the way they want to keep us but i want to mention um new mexico has a constitutional amendment like this now and they went the whole state of new mexico only had i think six abortion clinics and immediately after this constitutional amendment passed it jumped up to 20. Mm -hmm. now florida already has 50 abortion facilities I can't imagine what's going to happen if this passes. How many we will have them on every corner. Yeah, and again, it'll be more of a destination place. So you you want to to vote. Well, I can't tell you how to vote, (laughs) but I can tell you if you're a believer, you want to be clear to understand this amendment to limit government interference is a pro-abortion vote. It is not pro-life. Understand that. We can say that. So, uh, Judy, thanks for joining us today on on, uh, SWAT Radio. Again, I want to let you know how to go to uh, the website for friendsoffirstcoast.org. If you want to volunteer, if you want to donate, friendsoffirstcoast.org. If you have a crisis pregnancy or you know somebody that does, it's... uh, F. C W 